Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Our second guest of the week from MLB.com covering the Padres joins us right now here on 97.3 The Fan. Hello, AJ. It's good to have someone else on the program for a change. That makes me a top two guest of the yes, week. Yes, it does. That's exactly right. And, that. and what Ben is saying is... He wants to just wind you up and let you go. Yeah, That's exactly bit, what bit. he yeah. wants you to do right now. Yeah. No short answers. Let it flow. You guys have been working hard. I get it. Yeah, for, for sure, man. Well, read your piece uh, about Cronenworth yesterday. Want to get into that. Want to get into um, a, a lot of stuff with you. But I wanted to start with kind of a general question, AJ. And it's one we've been getting a lot. What is your What is your opinion, your perception on what the Padres are why they're not really open and vocal right now about payroll, the direction of the team. Do you get the sense that uh, it's a bit topsy-turvy right now, or are we all just panicking for no reason? I mean, I think maybe panic. There's definitely reason for concern, I think, given how many holes there are in the roster and given how many things kind of need to be filled out and the questions about the payroll. I think the panic may be a bit excessive given that it's it's early January and there's time for things to happen and things will settle and you'll figure some stuff out. But I think maybe some of the lack of clarity is, is what's bothering people on that front. But it's, uh, I don't know the next, the next couple of weeks, the Padres clearly have a lot of work to do. Um, I think I kind of understand depending on what happens next, I kind of understand why you would slow play this kind of market because a lot of teams have, and there still are a lot of things available to be done, but, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this thing settles because for me, it's just never wise to panic until the complete picture's there until you've seen kind of what, where the off season settles. There's there's definitely cause for concern in terms of some of the guys that lost, obviously, and and whatnot. But I think there's there's also time for this thing to come together. I don't think anyone disagrees that outfield is the primary concern at this point. It's pretty much unanimous. Uh, that's that's the biggest issue. But beyond that, AJ. Do you feel like we've heard another starting pitcher? Is it is it the first base situation, the designated hitter? Where beyond outfield do you think the Padres are in in most need of doing something here this offseason? Uh, maybe all of the above that you mentioned, but in, in, in most need, I would say a starting pitcher, just because that's probably more important and harder to find than a bat that you can stick at first base or DH. Um, so that's where I think I would I would put my focus. Not I mean. No one's paying me to do that, but I would guess that, that the Padres understand that starting pitching is kind of what carries you to where they want to get to. And they have, I think, three solid options at the front of the rotation. They have some solid options toward 
the back who could who could kind of compete for those last couple spots. But we know how rotations work. We know injuries work. We know kind of how important it is to have all that depth. And AJ Preller says it all the time how important it is to have that rotation depth. And so I would be borderline stunned if they didn't add to their rotation mix at some point before the end of the offseason. I don't know how they do that. I don't know whether it's a trade for a bigger name. I don't know whether it's a signing of just kind of a guy to a filler guy for the fourth spot in the rotation. Maybe it's maybe they try and find that value add like they got with Lugo or Waka last year. But that's where I would put kind of my attention and then actor outfield and then probably some of the other things you mentioned, first base, DH. I mean, you're still going to have to find a way to acquire those guys, whether it be through free agency or a trade. But those guys, I think, are easier to find than a than a certifiable certifiable rotation guy. Talking to AJ Castbell here on Ben and Woods this morning. We had uh, Kyle Glazer on last week, and he basically called 2024 a transition year uh, for the San Diego Padres. I don't know that fans want to hear that. Um, look. I said yesterday too. You know, it's it's been an interesting off season. In that interesting means awful. It's been terrible. Losing Peter Seidler, trading Juan Soto, getting a nice return back for him. Uh, the transition year for the San Diego Padres. It would really depend, um, AJ, on some of these young players coming up. The Marcies, uh, the 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 you know, all the guys that that we have. I think an unrealistic expectation of right now. Even maybe Jackson Merrill. Out of out of what you're hearing or what you've heard. Do you do you reckon that any of those guys are going to make an impact on this big league club this season? I think they're going to be given the shot to make an impact. I don't. Th- I think if you look at the roster the way it's currently constructed, those are those guys probably occupy a few of the twenty six man opening day roster spots. I don't think the Padres want to go into the season with that as their plan. They don't want to be planning for these guys to make an impact. They w- they would like to kind of fill out their roster, maybe sign a couple fringe guys that these guys in the minor leagues. Marcy, Merrill, whoever, Paulie, all those guys can can compete for their for for their spot on the big league roster. And if they earn it and push one of those guys out of a out of a big league spot, then probably all the better for the Padres because they think pretty highly of some of these younger guys. Um, so yeah, I do think they will make an impact this season, but I think they're going to have to earn the right to make that impact. That's kind of what what I've gathered from where the Padres are, are going with this group of young guys. Uh, I don't know which of them are ready. I think the Padres, in some respects, don't know which of them are going to be ready at the end of spring training, which of them might be ready to make an impact. So so the prudent thing to do is fill out a roster that leaves some chance for those guys to win big league jobs, but where you're not counting on them to do so. AJ, do you anticipate any other of the free agents that the Padres let you know go to free agency? And you know Blake Snell being the biggest, but there's also guys like... Garrett Cooper, Gary Sanchez, who were on the team last year. Any of them possibly still coming back this year? Profar. Profar, yeah, Profar. Yeah, I think, I think some of those, I mean, Snell and Hayter are in their own category. I think those are obviously unlikely for reasons that we've discussed. But with uh, Cooper and Profar filled needs, and if they're willing to return on what I guess the team would deem friendly contracts, I can see the Padres doing that just because they, they are looking for – they're looking for those first base, DH, versatile, versatile and a profile can play a bunch of different spots. Um, those aren't going to be the impact additions that I think uh, the Padres maybe still need to need to make this offseason to fill out their roster, but they're they're gonna they're gonna help. I mean, if I, if, like you said, I, I wrote about the first base situation yesterday, and I, I wasn't advocating trading Jake Cronenworth at all, but I think you need a first baseman because. Jake Cronenworth's truest value is as a second baseman, and I don't know if you can rely on the entire infield remaining healthy all season long. So if 
if you sign a first baseman and he ends up DHing at the start of the year, well, chances are he'll be playing some first base and the Padres will be reshuffling their infield at some point. Obviously, you hope that doesn't happen, but you need to prepare for it. Um, the other, the other uh, name you mentioned, Gary Sanchez, I know the Padres had interest in bringing him back before they traded for Kyle Higashioka. I don't know if that interest would still be there. I think it, it waned in the aftermath of that. Um, with, with Sanchez, it's just interesting because the Padres clearly wanted to go out and find a catcher to compliment Luis Camposano, and I think they wanted to find someone with, with maybe one year remaining because they know what they have coming in Ethan Salas. And so Kyle Higashioka kind of fits the trajectory behind the plate in, for this franchise pretty well because he's a useful guy who can serve as 1B to Camposano's 1A. And eventually you hope that Ethan Salas breaks through and there's a path for him still in the future. So I don't know if the Padres necessarily want to go out and find a guy for multiple seasons behind the plate. And I would imagine that most of the, the free agent catchers out there, Gary Sanchez included, would be looking for that. AJ, talk about value a little bit. Uh, we, we had this discussion a little bit earlier, and you know, it may be an oversimplification on Ben's part, my part too, uh, by saying, listen, Jake Cronenworth, it, it, you know, based on in your article and some numbers that you had to back it up, he's way more valuable at, at second base, right? But Jake Cronenworth signed to a long-term deal. Talk a little bit about building your roster by using that term value. You know what I'm saying, Ben? Maybe you could explain a little better yeah. what your, your point was. I, I, my point was simply... you got nine guys. If Jake's going to be one of your nine guys, you're trying to put together the best offense and best defense you can with the pieces that you have. Yeah. It's not Jake's fault they're playing him at first base. He's not a worse player at right. first base than he is at second base. He's the player that he is, and it's up to the team to figure out the best way to use the guys they actually have on their team. Yeah, and that's that's the right way of looking at it. And the Padres just kind of have what they have right now. So they have to figure out how to get by with what you have. I think plenty, like I, I just mentioned earlier, there's plenty of, of benefit in having that surplus because if you enter the season with Jake Cronenworth as your first baseman, what you're getting is like kind of like an average, low average hitting first baseman and a guy whose defense can't really shine as much there at second base, whereas if he's playing second, well, he's significantly above average as a hitter based on his career numbers, and his defense is above average as well. So you're getting a lot of value there. If you enter the season with Jake Cronenworth as a first baseman, it, it, it still seems somewhat unlikely to me that you end the season with Jake Cronenworth as a first baseman just because of the way injuries work. And we already know going into the season that, that I, I know Manny Machado's the reports have been, have been solid on him, but if he needs to open the ears of DH, well, now you've got Cronenworth at second and Hassan Kim at third and a pretty solid defensive alignment in that regard. I just think that like you said, you need to get the most value out of the guys that you have, and you're not getting the most value out of Jake Cronenworth at first base. So if the Padres were to be willing to, to look into a trade, whether it's Cronenworth, whether they'd be willing to trade Hassan Kim, I think there's a reason to do that because they're not getting the most value they can out of those guys. I also think that you better be careful in doing so because rosters change quickly throughout the course of the season. It's just funny to me because it's like those those numbers are there for everyone to see. They know that. Then and I'm going to put my best second baseman. Guess where I'm going to play him? I'm going to play him at second base. And I understand that there's a need. This is now, I guess, two. So you are. You're playing your best second baseman at second base. His name just isn't Jay Cronenworth. It's not, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. 
He's Hassan Kim's going to be playing third, yeah. maybe, maybe potentially yeah. at that point. Then Jake is playing second. So it, it goes back to roster construction and 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 having too many at one position. And all of this comes back to roster construction. Boy, we were conflicted. We were all conflicted. We were all sold on that four shortstops in the infield last year, weren't we? With the new shift rules, AJ. Boy, we all look at we got egg on our face now. Yeah, I, I think there's still reason to like to buy into all that, to believe all that. Dick Cronenworth is an above-average defensive first baseman. It's just it's the numbers he brings offensively, you're not extracting the value that, that you should. There's, I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a, is a shortstop playing right field. You're still extracting a lot of value from him because he is an elite, elite hitter. I don't think not, not everyone is in that department, but – there's, there's value in going with the athletes and going with the shortstops, and I kind of understand where they're coming from there. You just need to kind of see the bigger picture that, that you better be getting a lot of that value if you're moving guys to corners because that's where it's easy to easier to find someone to, to sit in there and post a 780 OPS. Just throw him in left field. We've been saying it for five years, babe. four years. Throw him in left field. He's an athlete. He'll figure it out. You know, I mean, if you have too many shortstops and too many second basemen, take one instead of moving them to first. Get yourself a real they have first. Been really reluctant. They have to move positions. I mean, other than Tatis, other than Tatis, but who, Merrill, it's like when we've been waiting for these position changes to come. Jake, they even talked about Hassan, Hassan Kim, Kim in the outfield when he got there. It's yeah. like, and maybe that would have been a mistake, but. It, they do seem like they've been slow on the let's move positions for guys other than Tatis. Yeah, it, I think it'll be really interesting. Well, depending on how the roster fills out the rest of this offseason, it's going to be they're going to say guys are playing certain positions. I am very curious once we get to spring training and the whole roster holds are what they are, who ends up getting those reps in left field that we didn't expect. I'm not going to speculate on it because I don't know anything about it, yeah. but I am curious to see what happens there. Paul just asked me off the air, too. Uh, he said, is this all for not? Are they going to trade Cronenworth? But I'll ask you, AJ, not necessarily are they going to trade Hassan Kim or Jake Cronenworth, but can you even afford to trade anyone left-handed at this point if you're not getting back left-handers? I don't know that I've ever seen a team that was more right-handed. Certainly on a pitching staff, sometimes you don't have lefties, but I don't know that I've ever seen a lineup right now that would be so right-handed, unbalanced, as what the Padres would have to put on the field at this moment. It, it doesn't really matter what position they play. The Padres have to get a couple of lefties uh, in their line in their lineup at some point here. Yeah, and that's part of the Jake Cronenworth calculation because he is he's a good lefty hitter, and the Padres don't have many of those. So I, I just yeah, you're right. There's it's it's probably too easy to navigate this lineup with right-handed relievers right now, and the Padres need lefties. You look at the market, just just the just the free agent market. I know the trade market's a little different. There's not as many good lefty hitters available as there are righty hitters. I know that's the way it is every year, but this year it feels kind of particularly lopsided. So I I'm not sure where the Padres end up finding that lefty bat or two, but I know they need a lefty bat or two to, to insert into this lineup. But another another aspect of that right now is is a lot of these good young prospects that the Padres are looking for forward to make an impact this season, a lot of them are left-handed hitters. So, I, I mean, I said earlier they shouldn't be counting on those guys to make an impact this season. They should be hoping that they do. Um, maybe that's part of the calculus, though, is, is that they have some, some pretty decent lefty bats at the upper levels of the minors. And so we wait. We do. We wait. I, one last thing, because I'm actually excited about the Padres' bullpen and what A.J. Preller has put together. What's your evaluation of the moves that he has made with the newcomers from Asia? 
uh, with the trade that he made with Eniel De Los Santos, with guys coming back like Stephen Wilson and Tom Cosgrove uh, and and Robert uh, Suarez. Suarez yep. I, to me, that's the makings of a, a really top bullpen, potentially, even without Josh Hader. Yeah, you look at what Ruben Niebla and Ben Fritz have done with guys to, to get the most out of them. I think you can kind of say that it's likelier than not that those guys thrive. I am, I am I, I'm in agreement with you. I think this bullpen has the potential to be pretty good. I am just skeptical of the, the back end. I want to see Robert Suarez do it. I know he was really good in 2022. But last season he had issues and he had injury issues as well. And um, if if he is not your ninth inning guy, I'm not entirely sold on the fact that you can rely on, on guys that haven't pitched in the big leagues before. I know at one point before the 2022 season, Robert Suarez hadn't done so. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of potential for a lot of really, really good middle innings, setup innings. Uh, out of those, out of that group, a lot of different looks too. Different, to different arms that throw yeah, at different angles sure. and everything. I mean, different pitches. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things about Yuki Matsui. He's a lefty who throws splitters, and I don't think there's very many of those in the whole league. I think Chase and Tree was like the only guy that did that in in 2023 at a at the same clip that Matsui does. So it's there's a lot of different guys that throw a lot of different pitches and do a lot of different things. If you can manage those guys right and get the right matchups, you have the potential for something really good. I'm just still a little bit concerned about that back end. You're definitely a top two guest this week. Thank you, buddy. AJ, congratulations. You nailed it. Uh, We'll see you out of spring training, I'd assume, uh, when we're out there uh, next month. Yep, see you in a couple weeks. AJ Casavell, MLB.com, covering the San Diego Padres. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.